You're listening to the podcast of East River Park Christian Church. If you'd like to find out more information about the church or donate to this ministry, please visit us at eastriverpark.church. We pray that this is an encouragement to you as you grow in Christ through the local church. Okay. I think we're good to go. Cool. Are you good Are we recording? Go? Yeah. You ready to go? Yeah. Are you sure? Yeah. Okay. Let's do it. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Behind the Message with Jason and Matthew. I know. Surprise, right? surprise, surprise. Yeah. So Chris is sick. Um, well, I don't know how sick he is, but he was sick Sunday. And then I told you this, Matthew, but, and then I texted him Monday or, and I was like, hey, do you still want to do Behind the Message you want to record Wednesday? And he was like, just... Go ahead and send me the questions, and I'll decide on Wednesday. And I'm like, that's not good for you or for me. So how yeah. about Matthew records? Yeah. Steps in. Chris, take a break. You do such a great job. Um, since you've left the podcast, things have really turned around. around yeah. Here. yeah. I feel I mean, like you guys just didn't want to forget me like you forgot Derek. <laughs> No, <laughs> you know, people, we've forgotten Derek so much that most people don't even know who he is anymore. Yeah. So. But we still love him. I mean, like, um, who's Matthew? Yeah. No, people love you, Matthew. You've, you've done a great job with student ministry. You do a great job teaching on Sundays. Um, even though you made us all go to a, the Old Testament and uh, Amos last, yeah. last time and... <laughs> I uh, I still, you know what? I feel bad because I still haven't went back to listen to it. Even it's though pretty I, was, good. I was there, I think it's good. At least I liked <laughs> it's it. Pretty good. Yeah. I'm pretty amazing. So no, uh, I like I go back and listen to my sermons, and um, I like heavily critique myself, and then sometimes I'm just like, you know, it's not as bad as I thought it was. Yeah, I will say, when I was a youth pastor, if I preached on Sundays, I would always. Watch or listen to all of it. I don't watch it because I don't like the I don't like the way I look. Well, I would at least go through it once, and (laughs) then when I started here, I might have started at the beginning. Did that, yeah. And then I'm like, nope. I I don't remember the last message I've listened all the way through that I've already taught. Um, So, yep, I just don't do it. And I used to like practice out loud. If I was going to preach on Sunday, I'd practice the whole thing out loud. And I don't do that anymore. It's just, yeah, mm. it's a waste of my time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I came here and I think the last time I practiced it out loud was in the youth room. Yeah. And I was sitting on a stool like it was a comedy set. <laughs> it's it good, great. I think, being <laughs> starting out with teaching or preaching. Because you get you get to hear your cadence feel your cadence you get to hear like how you sound as you walk through the passage and you get an idea of like how long you're gonna preach yeah so at this point though i know like by how many pages i've written for sunday what the average i think it's gonna be about so same so because i knew sunday i was like it's gonna be a slightly longer than normal and i think it was like 40 minutes which was I mean, that's like your normal, Matthew. You're, we're usually there for 50, well, my two, last one was, two hours. <clears throat> the Amos one was 39 minutes. Yeah, But luckily, that was only one service. <laughs> you could have done it twice. 
I didn't want to. Really? I see. I'm tired. Like the first service on Sunday, I was mm-hmm. like, I need another hour of caffeine and self-reflection before I get up there. But yeah. I didn't have that option. So yeah. By the second service, I was like, all right, let's do it. Yeah. So. Mm. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah. All right. Well. Let's do it. This is the second week of giving as worship. Um, and before we get into the passage and the questions, uh, we've done this question a lot, but since you haven't been on here in like a year, right? It's been a uh, long time. Yeah, since right at the end of Graduating start of from Liberty University. Let's go. With a bachelor's in Bible, I guess. Yeah. All right. Bachelor of Science in Religion, Biblical and Theological Studies. All right. Oh, gosh. All I actually right. got it in the mail the other day. All right. It's fancy. Yeah. I was like, man. Has your I'm mom framed that for, for you yet? No, I was like, she's always, <laughs> she's always so excited. She's like, I don't even, I didn't even believe my mom thought I was going to graduate until I did. And then I was just like, I got my diploma. And she was like, I'm so excited. Yeah. And then I was like, do you want a copy of it? She was like, no, I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> what would she get a copy? Like, she, I don't know. You were going to copy it on the printer in the office and give it to her and yeah <laughs> well i get i think i get like a digital version that i can just send oh okay all right yeah well she is proud of you yeah we're all proud of you matthew have you picked seminary yet are you gonna no. are you still gonna go to seminary i want to i might do it online <laughs> yeah you can go to southern except the svc is just falling apart as it feels yeah. like right now i get a show you a video okay. after this podcast about yeah. the SBC. All right, anyway, so it's been a while since we've done this question with you, and so I might have some new recommendations. We just you go like first. To, <laughs> we like to share some podcast recommendations for the listeners. Mm-hmm. These don't always have to be a uh, Christian. For the listeners. For the listeners. So, like, yeah, this is why I want you to go first, because I have right. a... Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I'll. Oh, it's updating here. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. All right. Let me let me list some that I haven't shared before. Um, I'm just going in as order of my iPad that's showing me. Uh, if you haven't checked out the briefing with Albert Moeller, this is good. Okay. Okay. I understand the question now. What, okay, you didn't know what podcast recommendations? So I thought I thought you meant like we're giving recommendations to make this podcast better. <laughs> well, not only yeah, is me... this podcast not starting off well, too, yeah. I definitely want to hear your comments on that. So, no, I, only, on. I only had one, what and was I was just like, I don't know if that's a... <laughs> what was your comment? Maybe two. What was it? One, I think the questions at the end should definitely be better. <laughs> okay. And two, you need a third person named Matthew. You've got to get first shift, man. Yeah. We'd welcome but you I, back. I'd welcome you back. I don't know about Chris, but yeah. I'd welcome you back. I wasn't prepared for the first question, but luckily, I always I have. <laughs> <laughs> Things are going that well. All right. So let's. All right. Podcast recommendations. There's a few of mine. That's why you wanted me to go first. All right. Mm. Uh, the Nate Land podcast. It's a Nate good one. Yeah. yeah. It's hey, com- just comedy. Uh, Life and Books and Everything. That's with Kevin DeYoung. That one's okay. Um, 
I'm just trying to share ones I haven't done before. Mm-hmm. A big one that I have want or listened to lately. It's not for everyone. It's not really Christian podcast, but uh, Mike Rowe has uh, the way I heard it with Mike Rowe. He has mm-hmm. some good interviews with interesting people. So, um, and Nate Land is more just for entertainment yeah right? yeah you're yeah. not gonna get you're not gonna you're not gonna grow in intel- intelligence listening to that um i think that's it i've shared most of mine so do you have any new ones you haven't been on here a while yes okay so <laughs> i've got a couple uh give me your top three Top three that I listen to is about probably the same that I've mentioned before. All right, but top three you haven't mentioned. Nuins, the King's Hall, okay, is looking that up. all about looking at our country in a theon in a theonomous way. Do you know what that word means? It's like did you just make that up? No, theonomy. You know what that is? Theonomous. Yeah. Let's look. <clears throat> Governed by God, subject to God's authority. Yeah. So well, yeah. That liberty degree is already paying <laughs> off. <laughs> um, and then all of these are um, these these three podcasts are under the New Christendom Press. So there's the King's Hall, which is for everybody, and it's just looking at the country and how we could how they are trying to. Look at the Christ through a theon. Look at the country through a theonomous perspective, and then the Hard Men podcast. Okay, that's um, the Hard Men podcast is a couple of the same guys, and that one's more for guys, and they talk about manly topics through the eyes of their Christ. Their definition of that podcast is recovering biblical masculinity yeah. in a world of softness. Yeah. Does that mean I can't cry when I watch? Um, no, it's not like uh, it's not like just about guns and like beer and stuff. It's okay. All right, so I can cry. Masculine topics through the eyes of Christ. When's the last time you cried during a movie or a show? I've never cried during a movie or show. Are you serious? Yeah. All right. Well, I almost did watching Wakanda Forever. Oh, don't say no! Don't say no! And I almost no, did. Well, no, because okay. Chadwick Boseman is passed away. Right. Okay. So like their their I homage to him at the beginning was pretty rough. Okay. And then right. uh, the Green Mile almost got me. Green Mile is a good one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for couples, this is your last one is Bright Hearth, H E A R T H, and that one is essentially the same thing. It's looking at like relationships through the eyes of christ through biblical ideology essentially the definition is biblical masculinity through (laughs) strong powerful men in a marriage yeah no that's not it says Uh, bright hearth podcast exists to recover the lost arts of homemaking and the productive christian household yeah there the that sounds soft to me there are two i'm gonna i'm gonna follow that one yeah, the two, um, not most recent, but two, two of the most recent is like correcting your husband and correcting your wife. So it well, talks about like communication and how to lovingly correct the other person without 
Starting so. a huge marriage fight. Yeah. All right. Well. All and right. then if we'll you uh, if you're into disc golf, debate night. Yeah. <laughs> You've just lost everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, if you're into roaming in a field on your day yeah. off, throwing a frisbee that For weighs slightly heavier than a frisbee. Yeah. Uh, it's a it's a blast. Yeah. I listen to four or five different disc golf podcasts a week. Wow. So Wow. Did you did you listen to the message on how to spend your time last Sunday? Well, I do it at work, so it's multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get started. First Timothy six, eleven through twenty one. Here was the money uh, message. And um as I've told people, it always feels a little heavier to teach that on that topic than I realize. Like mm-hmm. it's like I forget every year, and then I do it, and I'm like, oh, no one wants to be here. Yeah. Um, but I'm I know that's not the attitude. It just mm-hmm. maybe it's just I feel self self conscious teaching. Oh yeah, that. for sure. So, all right. So the, we'll start with you. Why does managing money start with leadership? Uh, it starts with leadership because leaders are supposed to lead by example. That's good. Um, I, I just thought it would be funny. It's like someone coming to you and being like, hey, I have these horrible financial, I need so much advice. Yeah. And you're like, I got it. But in the background, your your finances are just like in complete chaos, right. like thousands of dollars in debt. Right. Like, right. It seems hypocritical to me if you're... Not managing your finances at all, and you're trying to talk about finances. So, yeah, and it doesn't mean to anything when you teach. It doesn't mean that you're perfect in that. It's yeah. just that you are hmm. trying to head the right way and actively yeah. doing that. And I, um, we bring that question up because that I think often when you hear about money in the church, it's always directed towards the congregation. Mm-hmm. It's like the church leader trying to tell the congregation. How stingy they are yeah and you're like no this is <laughs> yeah paul specifically it's like timothy you have to guard your heart own heart over this yeah um you know this is gonna be a problem <clears throat> for you yeah and i think when we get up and preach and say like this is talking to us as well like yeah. those statements specifically are more for me to yeah. remind myself that i'm not better well i i told someone actually i told someone sunday um and they were just talking about how they at times feel like I'm not like I'm not trying to teach down to people. Yeah. Um, at times. Well, I think they I think they just said they <laughs> most of the time no, though. Well, no, 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 no. That's not one. I'm just trying to share it without giving the name. Uh, it was a compliment, and I I told her like I intentionally started a few years ago like I, when I look at my manuscript. I'll go back and change use to like we and us. I mm. intentionally go back and make this like it's not just me teaching you this. We're yeah. learning together. And there's at times where I'll go after just the you. I think it the application means more when you hear it that way. But for the most part I I do intentionally yeah. change the use, the eyes, we's, mm-hmm. us. So anyways. All right, so that being said, it starts with leadership. So is it wrong? This is going to be fun right away. Is it wrong for a, a preacher, a pastor to be rich? Do I have two in a row? Oh, yeah. I do. You do. Um, I think it's dangerous for 
anyone to be rich. And that's biblical. I mean, you brought it up in the message. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into heaven. Um, I think money can corrupt a heart very fast. Like the devil will use money to corrupt you, fill you with pride and greed. But is it wrong for a pastor to be financially stable? No. I mean, I'm striving for my family to be financially stable. Um, I work full time alongside this job just so we can pay the bills and yep. we, we Matthew, save Matthew and I have rich. hobbies. Matthew's and got a PlayStation 5. He's loading. That's true. He's Dude, loading. When I got a PlayStation 5 ordered, I and was an literally. OLED Switch. I just have the true. Plain Jane 720p yeah, Nintendo Switch. My only hobby is disc golf, which is dirt cheap <laughs> and video games. <laughs> <laughs> when I when I ordered the PS5, it was one of those things where I was trying to get it like three months in. Yeah, I feel and I'm like in the break room at Chick Fil A, and I go running through the kitchen like skipping, and I'm like, I got a PS5. You're trying to. That's great. I mean, it's okay if you have a PS5. Yeah, it's fun. Yeah, I've got you know not cheap boots on right now. So you wearing Blundstones? No, it's not. <laughs> it's not preachers and sneakers. Yeah. It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Preachers and boots doesn't have that same cadence. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do ask that question because I, I think when you when people say, well, is it wrong for a pastor to be rich? For me, you have to say like, well, I'm already rich. You know, and mm-hmm. money can be so subjective. You ask a, a pastor, like, in places in this world. Like, they'd look at me and be like, he's got a house, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. he's got two, they've got two cars. Yeah. Even though, you know, one's just an old old minivan. Like, Sinner. You know, but I'm just yeah. saying, like, so much of that can be subjective. Um, but I do feel like th- there, there comes a point within your own context where the wealth of the pastor becomes an issue. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> I, I, it's not just... I'll mention some names to you after this podcast, <laughs> yeah. that, like more celebrity preachers. Because you think of some of the celebrity preachers that you know are like, oh, they're rich. And I named one Jesse Duplantis on Sunday. I named one during yeah. the message. You think like, well, he's the rich crook. Yeah. I'm like, well, I got some other names of pastors you probably like that are mm. um, you know, millionaires. Yeah. Is that a problem? And I think it might be. Yeah. Um, I heard, uh, specifically, I heard John Piper talk about this, like how much should a pastor get paid? Mm. And he, how true all this is, I don't know. I mean, no one's, I'm not looking at his bank account, but he capped his salary to his elders at 100000 which seems insane, but like he's in a, to some of us, you're like, $100,000? I'm like, well, he's John Piper. Yeah. And he lives in a city. <clears throat> And I know if some of that stuff is kind of inevitable if you're writing books left and right. That was the and pastor. That was the salary from the church. Yeah, the elders wanted to give him more than the hundred, and he said absolutely not. Yeah. Um. I so we'll talk about maybe that mm-hmm. in a in a second. But I I do think at least my stance is if you find yourself as a church leader and you're just making a lot more than everyone in your church Mm -hmm. there's a problem there there's a disconnect Mm. somewhere in there it doesn't mean that you can't make more than people in your church but yeah when you're like 
the rich head honcho. <laughs> yeah. You're like, what happened? So, mm-hmm. and I think that happens a lot. And I can give several examples. But mm-hmm. that's all right. Behind the message isn't me to trash talk other preachers. So yeah. I'll do that off the air. Yeah. <laughs> Behind the message so we can trash talk Derek. <laughs> no, it's not. I, oh, we sorry. Should do a poll. We should, really should do a poll of. Uh, like tech, you should message me if you you're listening to this and you have any idea who that guy is. Yeah. So, just like casually bring it up in service, be like, raise your hand if you know who this guy is. And then it's just there's cr- a lot cricket noises. It's over fifty percent easily. Yeah. Um, easily. But the people who listen to this podcast is probably like five percent. For the <laughs> reference, <laughs> yeah. Derek was the youth pastor mm. before here and before Matthew. And Rest in peace. No, he's, <laughs> no, he's in Kentucky. They're doing real well. We all love him. We yeah. talk to him a lot. So, um, all right, let's keep going. Oh, I read you the question, don't yeah, I? Yeah, you forgot about. How me. should we decide how church leaders are paid, Jason? I'll only answer this for East River Park. Mm-hmm. Like during I think COVID. I know this one, yeah. Well, during COVID, like I'm. Uh, I would tell people, like, I can't answer for other churches. I can only answer for our church. Mm-hmm. So um, a few years ago, we started using a resource here at the church called churchsalary.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, my last, when I asked the questions, my last church was using that. And I thought it wouldn't be good for our church to use it. Yeah. So basically, we pay $100 a year to access this information Mm -hmm. and we put in every staff member's info their experience uh, their education the size of the church uh, like attendance and the church budget uh, what ministry they're leading and then the zip code and then the website pumps out like this entire page of information for that person's suggested salary and it'll show a scale of uh, what they, how they should get paid on a local and national average. Yeah. Uh, so I will confidently say we pay all of our staff on the higher median range of that scale because I think that's a, a good practice for a church. It's like you don't, you don't look at a scale like how can we get them for the cheapest <laughs> yeah. possible. You yeah. honor those that teach the word and lead and you want <clears throat> great staff to stay um so we pay on the higher end of the median range of that scale um that goes for me and i'm the only right now i'm the only full-time staff member and then everyone else is part-time and actually marianne's the only hourly staff yeah but she's not full-time either is she she only works no. four days she's i don't know how many hours she would she would tell you, but I don't know how many hours that she was on the original. <laughs> she decision. definitely works as hard as full time. Yeah. Oh yeah. So. Yeah. Most. I mean, we it's like ministry. Marianne. No, it's like ministry. I've always been told like every part time yeah. ministry person is really just full time for part time pay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I've heard that <laughs> my whole life. So I, I was just to keep on that how this actually works. The elders decide what the person's salary should be. Uh, I am in those initial financial conversations when we start planning out the next year's budget. Uh, I was more involved at the beginning, uh, just out of necessity. Um, But I've never 
made those decisions for myself, like yeah. my own pay. Like mm-hmm. I've never voted on my own salary. That's <laughs> insane. Yeah. Um, I'm not in those conversations. So this year was actually the first year that they had, I was not even in the final financial meeting at all. I didn't even come. Uh, it was the our lay elders and the treasurers, which was awesome. That's mm-hmm. the way it should be. Um, I'm not trying to micromanage anything. And it was the first year that they did it on their own, and so which is great. So knowing the guys, I think they're focusing on three things when you talk about paying church leaders. What does that churchsalary.com say? Uh, what are the current needs of the staff member? And what can the church responsibly afford yeah. for the year? Those are those three major things. For sure. But I think people are curious and if they weren't and they're like i didn't need to know any of that well yeah you did anyway sorry so. skip ahead skip ahead. <laughs> <laughs> all right let's get down to the main question for uh, the passage it's how should we manage our money uh we manage our money without arrogance so jason how does money create pride <laughs> Um, I'll read some of Second Timothy. Uh, this is, oh, I forgot what chapter this is. Um, starting in verse 1, it says, But understand this, that in the last days, and we've already discussed during the first message, we are definitely in the last days. Um, in the last days there will come times of difficulty, for people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, and then right into it, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to their parents, ungrateful, unholy, and there's the list continues on. So I think we falsely assume that, and I quoted Deuteronomy on Sunday, we falsely assume that was, that like it's in our power that we created that wealth. Um, but in reality, like we only have a job because of God's grace. We only work hard because of God's ra- grace. Like it could be one major illness, um, or one major life crisis that ruins us financially forever, like as long as we live. Um, and I, I mean, I know people like that. It, they're not, we'll talk about it later, but like they're not lazy uh, and they weren't prideful. They just, life, I mean, turned them upside down and it ruined them financially forever. Yeah. Um, so we just shouldn't be... Uh, Assuming that it was our power that got that wealth, whatever degree that wealth is. Yeah. So, so how would we? <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> you really want to say something? The uh, <laughs> this question goes so well with the theme of the Hobbit movies. The Hobbit like the dwarves are fighting <laughs> so hard through three, two and a half movies to get to the mountain. <coughs> They're just like their sole goal is we have to get to the mountain to yeah. reclaim our home. But yeah. deep down, Thorin Oakenshield, the king, yeah. is wanting to get to that vast wealth. Okay. And the second he gets to it, he, yeah, it changes into like oh, greed. Miss the eye of the yeah. mountain below. <laughs> so for reference, Bar- before <laughs> I've got it all on my iPad. Yeah, I listen yeah, yeah. the whole soundtrack. For reference, Matthew just watched the Hobbit. Yeah, yeah, movies. It's uh, fresh on the brain. So we were talking about it before yeah. we hit record. <laughs> Uh, all right so talking about pride how do we fight pride in our finances 
one of the best ways to fight pride in our circumstances is finance. Finance. Sorry. Um, oh, sorry. I put in any circumstance. Right. First off is to pray over it. That's good. Pray over your finances. Um, it's very easy if you have an abundance or if you receive an abundance to want to guard it with everything. You know, I, I worked so hard for this. I don't want to give it up. But um, especially in today's culture, we're working full time with one income is almost mm-hmm. unlivable. So when when like tax season comes and all that stuff, we're just like, yes, let's keep it. I don't want to give it away. But if we pray over that and have a changed mindset of all of this stuff, yes, I've worked for, but the Lord has blessed me with, um, that change of mindset can allow us to give with a generous heart and not be prideful. And we know that when we do that, we are worshiping um god yeah no that's good i chris often (laughs) mentions that i think it's not it's not a cliche to say i think when we pray it's like just change my heart you know because yeah you see that and you don't immediately think how can i bless other people with this Mm -hmm. or how can i responsibly save this you Mm -hmm. You immediately start thinking of like all the things they're gonna do with it, yeah, um, or could do with it, yeah, yeah. Um, even if you think they're good things. Like I can update the kitchen, I can do whatever. Yeah. So, but you're in an apartment, which yeah, yeah, cherish those wonderful days. <laughs> Hopefully they're temporary. Um, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I don't want to live in an apartment. Uh, you know, I guess as of now, I prefer to live in the house with the family, but for sure. When it was just me and Corey in the apartment, yeah, that was wonderful, wonderful days. So it takes you. It's a lot faster to clean the house. Yeah, it takes you real, <laughs> and it like the at least where we were, the it doesn't take a lot to heat or cool this place down, mm-hmm. and yeah, the only downside of an apartment and a marriage, especially ours, was one bedroom. It was like we couldn't get away from each other. So yeah, if you fought, you were like, I guess um yeah gonna go to the bathroom yeah so i i totally thought of that i just set up my little work area yeah i got a monitor and i got some new like headphones or whatever so it's like this is great if mary kendall goes to sleep i can just throw these headphones on cancel out all the noise yeah and sort of just like zone out it's so good it's great yeah we had this gigantic two-bedroom apartment for a while for whatever reason yeah and each room had its own like full walk-in closet. Like oh, you could wow. sleep in there. It was nuts. And <laughs> so, and we didn't even need it. Like the second, yeah, this is my, my war room. <laughs> yeah. The second bedroom, we just put like it was like a futon and a yeah, a little TV and an Xbox, and you know, just living the dream. Right. So for sure. Yeah, it was a good season until we realized we couldn't afford it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, let's keep going. Uh, number two, we manage our money without false hope. Sorry, i got to pull up the questions back up. Why are we called to work? Let me get to scripture. Um, some of this I mentioned on Sunday, but Genesis 2.15, the Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. So work is a pre-fall, pre-Genesis 3, pre-sin calling. Work is not a result of sin. Now, all the pain and hardship of work 
is, yeah. but not work itself. <clears throat> so it's a we should work because it's it was a calling before the fall. Uh, Revelation twenty two three. No longer will there be any anything accursed, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and His servants will worship Him. People quote that a lot uh, as a reference of you're more than likely going to work in heaven, this new earth, new new heaven. Um, it will just be this fulfilling, rest-filled, joy-filled, always satisfying work. Mm-hmm. But it's work. You know, you're not yeah. just gonna like take naps. For all of eternity, um, yeah. but people are like, "Oh man!" Oh man! <laughs> Proverbs nineteen fifteen: Slothfulness cast into deep sleep, and an idle person will suffer hunger. Work so you can eat, you know. Work or you'll go hungry. Yeah, uh, work. And then I think it leads into the last one, which is what I quoted on Sunday: First Timothy five eight. If anyone does not provide for his relatives, especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. And I talked with a church uh, member yesterday on the phone uh, about that verse. We were talking about something else, and he brought up uh, that verse, and he had someone mention to him, like, well, that's just a, it's just like an allegory, or it's not, we shouldn't take that literally. And he said, no, it's, it should be taken literally. And I was like, I agree with you. There's nothing mm-hmm. there to suggest we shouldn't take that literally. And if we take that literally, work so you can provide for your family mm-hmm. yep. or you'll go to hell. <laughs> I think that, I mean, I don't, no one wants, I, maybe I didn't say it that harsh on Sunday, but like that's, yeah. he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. The unbeliever is the full gets the full wrath of God yep. for eternity. What what's worse than that? I mean, I don't. I guess I don't want to find out. But so yeah. I think there's that. It it should be that heavy. Um, and I wanted to be careful on Sunday because I do realize like there's many variables of why a yeah. man can't work, um, and that's not what this passage is about. Mm. Okay. You might say, well, Jason, what about this? They got severely injured or, you know, they're on disability for whatever reason. There's a, there's a lot of reasons why a, a man specifically can't provide for his family financially. That's not what this passage is talking about. Paul is assuming that these men are capable of working and providing and they're choosing not to. Yeah. And if you were were to read the full context of that, it's really talking a lot about widows in the family. So women in the family that don't no longer have that male financial support, um, it's the responsibility to take care of the widows. Uh, or you're worse than an unbeliever. So, yeah, I know there's a, a lot of variables. It doesn't mean, like, the wife can't make more than... The, the husband like Corey makes decent money and she she carries the health insurance yeah. <laughs> like, he's river park yeah, doesn't yeah. give us health insurance mm-hmm. so she's got her health insurance it's not like yeah i'm missing out on first timothy 5 8 yeah. it just means like you know if things were to fall apart i don't look at Corey and say hey you better pick up some extra <laughs> shifts somewhere <laughs> you know you better yeah, i mean yeah. we're hungry you better figure this out mm-hmm. it's 
it, I look at myself in the mirror and say, I'm, I'm the husband. Uh, I'm the father of these three kids. I better figure it out. Mm-hmm. So I do think it's that serious. For sure. But all right. To you, is it wrong for Christians to save? How much should we save? Because we're talking about it's not false hope, but yeah. does that mean we shouldn't save? No. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, question. <laughs> No, hey, it I is like, not. I like your uh, hoodie there. Thanks. I work out in it. That, that uh, extra sweat. It's the Bass Pro Shop hoodie. Yep. You know, I used to have a hat with that logo on it. The fish? Yeah. It was my favorite hat. And Isn't it? You had it recently. Well, right? yeah. Arlo ate it. Oh. So I bought another one. And he ate that one. And I said, I'm not buying it anymore. <laughs> Did he eat your tractor supply hat? No. Oh, no. Corey just, she just gets so mad when I wear it. Yeah. She what? Did, I don't know. It's she great. likes that. Yeah. She'd prefer like this hat. Mm, this is a gift from AY for Christmas. That's nice. I Gave do. me a Food City gift card, which in turn I bought a Bass Pro Shop gift card, and then I bought this. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't know you could do that. that... Well, you did. So good for Food you. Let me know it, so. Good for you. It All is right. not wrong to save. I would say that in in our situation as teachers and leaders in the church, if we are able to save and provide certain necessities, like getting a house and like having that or paying off a car, that allows us to worry less about finances so that we can spend more time focusing on the kingdom, I would say. Um, does that mean that we need to save fully and not give? Uh, no. We should be budgeting our finances. We should be, you know, using our money for our necessities. We should be saving. We should be giving. And then every now and then, you know, buy a video game. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think it's good. Yeah. And I mean, we we actually had this conversation at our la- our last elder meeting, the January mm-hmm. elder meeting, about how much should the church save how much should we have yeah and savings it was it was actually good because it was like wow i can't believe we can actually have this conversation yeah without being like how are we going to make it through next month mm-hmm. it's you know how much should we have in there um i think the rule of thumb for a church is the same for a individual three to six months mm-hmm. of your expenses um I think it's more imperative for a church to have six months just because of all the variables that happen and the more big ticket items. Yeah. So, um, once, yeah, that for our church, I mean, we're probably close to a six month operating expense. I mean, you might be closer to $120,000 in the mm-hmm. church savings account. Yeah. Um, we don't, we're not there. So, yeah. <laughs> um, it was like, okay, well, we'll talk about it later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it was just, and the reason we bring that up is because we're not, as a church, it's not our job to like um, <clears throat> hoard all this money. It's We yeah. want to be responsible, and if things happen, we want to be able to address the immediate, but we're going to trust God for the future. And if we go over that, we're not going to squirrel it away hoping yeah. the economy doesn't collapse. It's like, no, we're going we're gonna to give it away. We're going to yeah. do ministry with it we'll give it to a church that's in need at the very mm-hmm. least yeah i think budgeting also budgeting with saving also helps you realize just 
what the Lord actually has provided. Because like in the past when we weren't budgeting, <laughs> we felt like we were dirt poor. But yeah. we were probably making average or a little more than like most. Yeah. But we felt like we were dirt poor. And then when we started budgeting, we were just like, oh, wow, we can save We've just been, <laughs> we've been throwing no. this, all of our money away to restaurants yep. and just I'll hobbies and such. I literally thought about that this morning. There's never been a time in our marriage uh, that we've been married over 15 years now, which seems a lot for some and very, very little for others. But yeah. uh, there's never been a time in our marriage where we were struggling financially. Like it felt like we were, everything was going to fall apart. And we were faithfully budgeting. Yes. Never. There was never a time like yeah. that. It was if we were if we felt like that, you could always say like, well, you obviously haven't been budgeting. Yeah. Or tracking any of that. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying that can't happen. I'm of course you can faithfully track that money and yeah. life happens and you're just like I you know is what it is. Yeah. But for the most part, if you feel like we are falling apart financially. Uh, for a good portion of us, I bet you're not budgeting or tracking any of your yeah. spending. Um, and having worked in the church and for quite some time now, and I have I've overseen benevolence at another church. Like yeah. as an elder, when people come and their life financial life is upside down, um, good luck trying to get a budget out of them. You know, yeah. it's just like guys. We want to help, but yeah. you know you gotta. You know, like, yeah. what are you? What's coming in? What's going out? How yeah. can we help you? If we don't know that. Mm. And um, that's not to say like if you're budgeting, you won't be stretched thin. Right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, I don't yeah. want to assume that. I'm just yeah. saying. Um, yeah. For the most part, if you feel like if you're like, where would all my money go? Yes. It's because you have no idea. It's yes. <laughs> a like, good reason. We have forty five dollars for a restaurant budget, yet you went to a restaurant every day that week. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'll be super transparent. I mean, we budgeted. I have budgeted. Now, we have a restaurant line item in our monthly budget. Mm-hmm. Um, and I include toiletries and all of that into our um, our food grocery line item. Mm-hmm. But I had budgeted $700 a month for groceries for the family. Mm-hmm. And... I'm sure we could do it cheaper, like if, or like shop cheaper somehow, but like 700 wasn't close to cutting it for yeah. a, f- a family of five. And I googled it. I was like, "Is it me?" And like, you know, the government, <laughs> it's all like the Mike the, and Ike's. Yeah, no, like <laughs> I did eat Mike and Ike's last night. <laughs> did, did I tell you that? No, I haven't eaten Mike and look. Time out. I haven't eaten Mike and Ike's, Ike's in like months. And yeah. last night, I ate two boxes. At this point, I just assume that at least once a night, you're eating some type of no, gummy. I promise. I promise. It's been months. Months. Yeah. And I ate. It's either Mike and Ike's or gummy bears. I was watching Kentucky basketball, and I ate a box, and I thought, that was good. And then there was another box, and it was yeah. sour Mike and Ike's. Oh. And I thought, I bet this would Might be Might as well good. try it, you know? Yeah, I bet this would be great on my stomach at 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah. So I did it. And then laid in bed and thought, I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But, yeah. So anyways, I, you just don't know that to track those finances. And you're like, I'm, you know. And if people are like, hey, Jason, here's some grocery shopping tips. Yeah. Fire my way. But 
<laughs> it's very expensive to feed a family of five. Yeah. I mean, it's so. expensive just to feed two people. I yeah. feel like, yeah, like, like I, I looked online. Um, is it the USDA statistics for a family of five to feed them in a medium median scale mm-hmm. was thirteen hundred dollars a month. And people probably hear that and are like, absolutely not. But that's like, that's my whole paycheck. I'm just saying, yeah, it's that <laughs> expensive to live these days. Yeah. But to your point, yeah, a lot of us are just two income families to survive. And yeah. not that you can't pull off one income, but. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, there's that. It's expensive to eat. Um, what question are we on? Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, how does money create a false sense of security? Oh, uh, just a few things random things i think money has a way of making us feel like we're in control um like most of us feel like if we can just acquire enough wealth like you look at your situation and you're like this is bad but if i could just make this much i wouldn't have to worry about this anymore yeah um and then everything else in life will be fine and i i do think some of that is true some of us um you know if you if you if you made enough you could just at least have those necessities mm-hmm. um and there's a lot of people that are below that i get that mm-hmm. but money is just as temporary as the things it buys so i think we crave eternal security and then we purchase temporary security mm-hmm. um so yeah um yeah that's what i would uh recommend i think it it makes us feel like we're in control when really God is in control. And some of us have to learn that the hard way. So, all right. Three, we manage our money with gener- with generosity. So how does generosity kill greed in our life? I'm going to be as practical as I can for <laughs> these next few questions. All because right. Hey, I got some practical stuff too. Yeah, I messaged uh, my, my good friend Caleb. Uh, he's an elder in another church and talked about some of this stuff. Um, and I even asked him, I was like, is that too much to share? Cause I, but I, I feel like people, when you talk about giving or budgeting, people are like, yeah, that's great. But like, no one's telling me how or showing me how. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not helpful. And a lot of us weren't mentored in that way. So I'm just gonna be a, super transparent here um how does generosity kill our greed i think simply the more i generously give away the less i have to spend on things in my own life Mm -hmm. it's truly that simple um i'm going to talk more about budgeting in a minute but we we have giving line items in our month our monthly personal budget uh, I have four separate, I didn't share all of this on Sunday, but I have four separate line items uh, that we give to each month. Uh, I try to be, trying to be helpful here. I'm not, I don't want to gloat or share any exact numbers with that, but between those four separate line items, that's not like $20 a month. Um, that, Corey and I both work full time and we budget several hundreds of dollars a month among those four line items. Yeah. Um, and I personally don't think that's enough. So the more that we pay down debt, the more that we give. Um, and 
I wanted I wanted to share it to that extent because I'm not I'm not a 10% as law guy. I think those that those that preach you have to give 10%. Personally, at this point in my life, I think they make a pretty fair case. Um, a lot of them do. I think there's a pretty solid historical biblical pattern of at least 10% of what your first fruits. Yeah. Um, I don't see that as law, but I certainly see it as principle. So if you're like, well, how generous am I being with my money? I'm like, all right, well, how much are you making? How much are you bringing in as an individual or a family? Take 10% of that. What is that number? Are you even getting close to that? You know, yeah. like for some of us, 10% is too easy. For some of us, 10% is impossible right now. Um, I know some preachers would be like, well, just give to 10% and the Lord will provide the rest. And I'm like, I don't know about that. <laughs> I think maybe you should budget, which we'll talk about yeah. uh, in a minute. So I, I think it's it at the very least, it's a good principle. Because uh, I think there's very, very wealthy people that might give, maybe they give $8,000 yeah. to the church. Um, for the whole year. And they're like, that's a lot of money. That's being generous. I'm like, yeah, but what percentage of that is from your actual income? That might be like 2%. You know, there's a lot of people that give way more than that and are pulling in way less than you. Yeah. Um, so I think the principle is still helpful regardless of how you view it. So um, I'm just trying to be transparent. That's When we look at those four line items, and our monthly budget, that's a lot of money for us. Like We could use that elsewhere to make life easier. We could pay down debt faster. We could save more. We could go on a vacation without mooching off the in-laws. We could eat out more than we do, update wardrobes, maybe live in a bigger house. Um, yeah. We choose to be generous with it because if we keep it, like Lord knows I'll just blow it on myself. So Yeah. Uh, it forces me to be generous with the first fruits rather than the leftovers. And in that budget, that's it's at the top. It's the very first thing we budget yeah. um, is those four, four line items for us as a family. So I realize that's not maybe for someone $20 is insanely generous for their situation. I get it. I'm not. Yeah. I'm just saying uh, <clears throat> there's a whole lot of people mm -hmm. where it's not. <laughs> Yeah, and it's a heart thing. <laughs> Which will come up Sunday. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, oh, is it all the numbers? No, it's about the heart, but that, yeah. that's being saved for Sunday. So why is a generous church a healthy church? All right. A generous church is a healthy church um, in two ways. There's the practical side. Um, if a church is healthy and generous, the staff has job security. Yeah. The church is able to be maintained, and the missions and ministries that we donate to are able to receive the donations that we want to give them without worrying if we're giving to them, I guess. Mm -hmm. So practically, there's that side. And then the spiritual side, if a church is giving generously, we can hopefully assume that the congregation is living in Christ and giving with a generous heart. Um, yeah, I yeah I, and I do want to clarify, not to make everything about 
a church staff budget. Um, but there's that misconception of like you're paying, we're paying you, Matthew, to provide services for student <laughs> ministry. Yeah. You're paying me to preach on Sunday. I'm providing a service. Mm-hmm. And um, like it's some transaction like that. I'm like, no, church staff should be paid to free them up to do ministry. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, we've already talked, there's a lot that might go into that pay on a variable scale, but um, the mentality is not like, I did this for you, so you give me this. Yeah. That's that's a normal business model, but that's not the church. It's, yeah. no, you're, I would do all this for free. I told people that a thousand times. So people are like, oh, yeah. well, then why are we giving them anything? And like, <laughs> I just couldn't do what I'm doing. Yeah. At the level I'm doing, mm-hmm. if it was free. Same with you. You're part-time. Yeah. Uh, which means you can only provide... You've got a full-time job that you have to go to this afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, if you were full-time student as a youth pastor, you could do way more. You know? It's... That's right. I know. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but so that it's that mentality. It's not like, well, Matthew took the students to TCTC, so I guess we got to give them some money... For it. it's no yeah. that freed you up to do that i was asked a while back they were like does the church pay you extra when you preach and i was like no and they were like really and i was like yeah like that's not an expectation that i like need it's <laughs> yeah. like the lord has called me to preach and i'm not going to not preach if they're not going to pay me right. like well actually on that topic <laughs> I think there, it, I wouldn't be against that. Um, I was not as a full time pastor, youth pastor. The church never gave me extra when yeah. I filled in, mm-hmm. but it was also full time. So I would be more than open if it was tax wise legal to do that mm-hmm. to pay someone extra. Like you're going above and beyond. It's like, like cash going under over, the table. It's like doing no <laughs> full time. You're, you're like, not full time, but overtime. You know, like you. <laughs> You went above and beyond. Um, <laughs> We're going to do a special offering today. Special offering. Go straight to his pocket. <laughs> I, I tell you that. I always tell this story. This is a few years ago. I got done preaching here, and someone walks up to me. Like Usually they're like, hey, can you pray for me? Or I got this question, whatever. They pull out a wad of cash and start counting this money, their tithe, they give to me. And I'm like, I need you to stop what you're doing right now. Yeah. And I called Mark over, and I was like, Mark, can you handle this? Because, like, whatever's happening right now, at the very least, looks terrible. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) People are, I get done preaching, everyone's like, all right, y'all come up front. and uh, Bring them with stacks. Bring bring me the stacks. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to, I don't like how this looks. I don't want to touch this money. Mm. I just thought that was super funny when it happened. Yeah. All right, let's keep going. Oh, is it me again? Yeah. All right. Um, hold on. Let me find out. All right. What did we do this? What practical ways are you generous with your finances? All right. This is where I'm going to talk about the budget. Okay. The uh, church budget or your budget? My budget. Okay. A personal budget because I didn't talk about it on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, most of us need a budget. All right. <laughs> All of us. Well, I think you (laughs) might make so much or save so much that money isn't even a thought to you. Yeah. 
I still think you need a budget, but those people have two PS5s. <laughs> Regardless, that's not most of us. <laughs> yeah, most of us need a budget. So a few years ago, uh, we started budgeting religiously through Dave Ramsey's resources. Mm-hmm. He's not for everyone, but his budgeting app is is excellent. So we use the premium version of the Every Dollar app, um, and it forces me to direct every dollar to the line items that I set up. Yeah. Um, so it forces me to plan all of our spending with a purpose. And then I go in every day that uh, the transactions are posted because that one connects automatically to your bank account. And then I categorize those transactions. Um, and I think they have it set up now because a lot of people have variable income. So they're like, I don't get paid the same every month. I think you can adjust that so it mm-hmm. still works for you. Yeah, um, It's very simple to use. Highly recommended to anyone. Um, I think I've said it the past two years, so I at least need to say it publicly somewhere. Uh, if you're connected to East River Park and you can't afford it, um, I promise we'll buy it for you. The church will buy it for you. Uh, so send us an email or ask me on a Sunday. And we'll discreetly buy that for you. And um, hopefully that's helpful. So I bring all of that up because if you aren't budgeting, your spending is probably um, all over the place. And you're just like praying to God there's enough in the bank account. I know every person has. I'm sure you've been there. I've been there where you're like, you make a simple transaction and you're like, I hope. Like, I didn't just go under in my <laughs> yeah. checking account. Yeah. Like, I, I'm in college. I went I went negative in my bank account over $300 on, like, Wendy's and Burger King. Because they charged me, every time I went under, they were charging me, like, like, a $35 transaction fee. So, it would be, like, 5 bucks at Burger King, $35. <laughs> you know, like... Three dollars at Wendy's, thirty-five dollars. Yeah, I remember I was on campus at Southern Seminary, and I called my dad crying at college. (laughs) I'm like, Dad, I I messed up my life. (laughs) Besides, I think we've all been, and honestly, it was just because I wasn't even remotely thinking or tracking Mm -hmm. money. Yeah, Um, when I um, the Lord was generous enough through like the COVID tax relief yeah. and all that stuff. Um, I was able to pay off my car. Yeah. And so when, when we tax season came, we got all of the previous COVID money that I didn't get. Cause I was technically a dependent. So yeah. when I got married, we did all that. They gave us like a huge lump sum and we were like, okay, we're going to pay off my car. Well, there is a maximum of $5,000 that you can like, do in a transaction right right and so yeah. i had to do two transactions to pay off my car yeah. and in between this time i was leaving elizabeth federal and going to regions and so i make a payment and i check my bank account the next day and the money had came out of the wrong bank account <laughs> so i was like <laughs> negative like three thousand dollars in the hole nice and so I literally had to go take out the money in cash from one bank, take it to the other one. Yeah. Then the next day, I do the same thing. I finish off paying the car, and it goes out of the wrong bank account again. 
So the next day, I'm like three thousand dollars in the hole again. <laughs> They're probably like, this, <laughs> this guy. Like, had to do this it. guy doesn't deserve. Yeah. <laughs> so I literally had to leave work two days in a row to go get like, like I mean, yeah, it was a lot of money, yeah. like more money than I've ever seen in real life to like transfer it to the bank to pay off my car. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. Well, I just I I really think it's just a miserable way to live your life to yeah. not track your finances for most mm-hmm. of us and because um like you can be the danger is like we don't want to do it because we don't want to know how bad it is yeah like i there's been times where you're like i get money out of the atm and i'm like i don't want a receipt because i don't yeah. want to see what's in there yeah and i think that's the main reason we we don't want to be faced with reality mm-hmm. but i think the most you can be as broke as a joke but if you have a budget you feel better about it because you have a game plan. Yeah. You can be in a whole lot of debt. Mm -hmm. But if you have a game plan, at least you can sleep at night and say, hey, may not be going as fast as I want. Yeah. May have to do these things to get there. But I got a plan. I can sleep, Mm -hmm. not just laying awake at night thinking what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, So for most of us, your life will be much better. If you budget it. And I think you'll be far more generous. Most people don't feel like they have enough money to be generous because they don't even know where their money is going each month. Yeah. So track your money, then go from there. Yeah. Um, that's my giving advice. Matthew, should the majority of financial generosity be toward the local church? You got some two biased people on this podcast. <laughs> I... I put, I would say yes, question mark, because I'll let you give your thoughts as well after mine. I think the community that we are in, in the church, should be a focus. I mean, we're staff, but regardless if you're not staff, if you are in a place of, if you have a generous heart and you want to give, I would be more willing to give to, like, people that I know who are struggling first over people that I don't know who are struggling. Not, does that mean I'm not going to give to those who are struggling that I don't know? Right. I'm going to try. Right. But I would say the local church for sure. We want our congregation to have their needs met. But I also think that shouldn't be the only focus. Yeah, I definitely don't think it should be the only focus. I think you have to ask yourself the question of what's, what 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 are people's eternal hope? Where can they find eternal hope? It's the gospel. Yeah. What's the job of the church? To preach the gospel, mm-hmm. to make disciples of all nations. I think it's the greatest need that any of us have is the main mission of the church. For me, at least, whether I'm paid or not, even before I was paid a dime at a church, mm-hmm. like the majority of the financial giving went to the local church. And I say that to also say like a lot of the parachurch organizations and ministries um, exist for a reason and we need them. But if the church like either did its job or people would like actually just come to church and submit to Christ and the word, we wouldn't need any of the parachurch organizations. Like my wife works at Isaiah 117. That organization would not exist, does not need to exist if all of those families that have 
children taken from their homes. Like if these families were in a church submitting to God's word, walking in righteousness, providing for their children, mm-hmm. like that that organization would not exist. So while we do su- support Isaiah 117, even financially, we support the majority to the local church, mm-hmm. knowing like that's the hope of of they're they're there to exist the hope of the world yeah um, so that for me I think it's if the majority of your giving as a believer is not going to the local church I think I would question what is your understanding of church yeah um, and there's a lot of people burned by church you know there's a lot of people that have given to church and they're like I just don't trust them anymore yeah and they're Right. I mean, there's a lot of yeah. terrible churches. So that's what I just try to. I try to be, and our elders and the treasurers try to be as transparent as possible, knowing that when you give to this church, you know where every dollar's going, mm-hmm. every penny goes. Um, every we, dollar. Every dollar. <laughs> <laughs> you get Dave Ramsey to yeah. give me a discount. But, Dave Ramsey's uh, special guest on the podcast next week. No, I don't need him yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, four, we manage our money with eternity in mind. Let's quickly start going through these. Yeah. We're over an hour. Are you serious? Yeah. <laughs> How does eternal eyes create generous hearts? Um, I guess it makes me think through what am I investing in? Am I investing in things that don't last or things that will echo into eternity? So when my eyes are focused on God's kingdom, the gospel, the mission of the gospel, um, it creates in me a generous heart. So uh, I want to see the money that we make be used for the gospel work and not just pay my bills. You know. Mm-hmm. So I love that A.W. Tozer quote from Sunday that like the money given to the kingdom, touched by Christ, is like becomes immortal. I'm paraphrasing that quote <laughs> by a lot but i just thought it was helpful yeah, yeah. for me to read that so all right how does financial giving create eternal wealth uh, generous giving builds up eternal wealth because we believe that giving is an act of worship <laughs> uh, but when we give we believe that we are worshiping god and through that we know that he will bless us and that's not to say we're going to have untold riches on this earth, uh, we might be broke our whole life, but we know that if we are generous, we're storing up our treasures in heaven. And so, while we not have, we might not have much in this world, we'll assuredly have it in heaven. Right. Yeah, I, I, we're not going to go through. Yeah. What does that look like in heaven? Mm-hmm. Um, our, my small group wrestled with that. <clears throat> my conversation yesterday, I was wrestling with it with someone else. We yeah. just don't know. I mean, yeah. uh, but I, I will say, like, being generous is uh, different for different people. I don't want anyone to feel like, well, they give way more than me, so they're more generous. I'm like, well, maybe you're just being <laughs> as generous as you possibly can with what you have, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, but there is an eternal wealth to come, the eternal blessings. Um, what those are, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. So I guess we'll find out. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> you get up there and God's like, you were wrong. All uh, you were, you yeah. were absolutely wrong. Yeah, go live in your shack. <laughs> You're like, all right, I'm in heaven. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the movie The Shack is about. That's what yeah. the real. <laughs> have you ever watched the movie? No, I re- I read the book. Is it good? I would not. Uh, two things. I would not recommend reading The Shack if you are an immature follower of Christ yeah. that can be swayed by whacked out theologies or views of god yeah um for just a story that is interesting that pulls on emotions and makes you think through things Mm -hmm. yeah that was a book worth reading but i do not recommend it to anyone because of that i don't want people to read it and they're like oh it's God like this, is Jesus like this, the Holy Spirit like that from the book. I'm like, no, yeah. read your Bible. Don't, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. read the shack. Mm. So that's my opinion. I'm not as anti-shack yeah. as some people are. Probably won't read it. I, have no, like I don't recommend 15 it. books on my Kindle that I need to read. I know. All right. <clears throat> uh, the summary point, worship is rooted in how we manage our money. So this is your critique conclusion concluding question do you have one yeah because this is it this we're done with everything people are already an hour in all right they can either continue (laughs) whatever but i've been waiting to ask this question for forever i've had this in my brain and i didn't want to recommend it because i wanted to be here to ask it okay all right i have six of well five of the most popular movies and tv shows probably of all time or just in general and then i have a genre and i'm going to name it and you need to tell me from a christian perspective what age you would let your kid watch it okay all right lightning round and if if i miss one and you think of one you can ask me and i'll give you an age as well can i give an age range yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'll answer from a non-parent perspective okay. as well. All right. Starting off, Harry Potter. Well, there's going to be some <laughs> that just say absolutely not. Yeah, for so sure. But I this might, is your perspective. I might get in trouble. Yeah. Um, the whole series? Uh, yes. As early as... Okay. Seven and eight. For for perspective, how old are your kids? Oh yeah. So Judah's six. Okay. The twins are not or eight. Okay. So they're all about to seven, turn seven and nine. Okay. So um, they have they watched it yet? Not all of the series because it can the later movies pretty turn dark. pretty dark. And I know there's parents that are like absolutely not. Yeah. And I respect that, yeah. but. You yeah, asked me. Me wearing so. my Harry Potter ring right now. Oh, boy. You're going to get us this podcast. You're going to get us canceled. I would say the your age range is what I would say as well. Yeah. But and I Mary think, Kendall is more... Mary Kendall would probably say like 10. Okay. But, yeah. but we're different. Okay. <laughs> All right. Next one. Lord of the Rings. Oh, I, the, I've played that in front of them since they were born. Yeah? Yeah. What's the difference in Lord of the Rings and Harry Potter? Uh, I think if you, I mean, you really impressed me on that one. I think the magic 
in Lord of the Rings is more um, fantasy mm-hmm. magic yeah. than the normal what we would assume as a cult yeah. or witchcraft magic of Harry Potter. So I agree. I you know I I feel as the kids get older and watch things, you can have conversations on what's healthy and what's not. Yeah. With Lord of the Rings, you're like, is that did that orc get his head chopped off? And you're like, yep, <laughs> yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, the, but Judah, uh, for quite some time, Judah doesn't like anything scary. So, yeah, he would like leave the room or like cover his eyes uh, during Lord of the Rings. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I might be a bad parent for that one, but you're asking I, me. I think I'm not. I'm speaking from. I think not from yeah. certainty. I think my brother-in-law and his wife will show their kids Lord of the Rings after they read the books. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's a good setting. Yeah. Because then, yeah. So I I w- if, if that was the case, I would never have watched Lord of the Rings. Okay. All right. That's good. Next one. Game of Thrones. <laughs> For my kids, never. Uh, yeah. I actually turned it off. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I almost never turn anything off. And uh, that's, actually, that sounds terrible. <laughs> but, I mean, I just... Yeah, there's just some like you know I can handle a lot of different things and yeah and good conscious, but I actually turned mm-hmm. Game of Thrones off. I read the first book. Mm-hmm. I get why people love it. I love fa- the fantasy genre, mm-hmm. but yeah, my kids aren't watching that in my house. Yeah, yeah. ever. So, That's what I would say. Yeah. I've I've never watched the show. Yeah. I've watched like some scenes yeah. on YouTube of like fighting stuff. Yeah, but for me personally i would discourage my kids from ever watching yeah, it and then gonna watch it once minute. they move out like i can't really stop them right all right star wars they've watched that their whole life um yeah. same with judah he didn't like the scary stuff <laughs> he didn't enjoy the rancor he doesn't like you know Darth vader mm-hmm. kylo ren but yeah so all right here's the genre horror films uh I'll discuss in high school. Okay. I, the the that genre has turned pretty demonic. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Eliza really likes scary stuff. She's like, she just likes to be scared. It's just an adrenaline thing. Yeah. Um, we but, went and saw that new movie Megan. Yeah. First of all, it's awful. Yeah. But second of all, they showed a trailer. That was ten times as scary as the actual movie yeah. Megan. It's just things things have gotten too demonic, and I don't want obviously my kids to be exposed to that, but certainly not before I can even have conversations about like like is your form of entertainment just being scared by demons? Like yeah. I don't know how <laughs> yeah. healthy that is long term. Yeah. Um. But. Like, she loves, I don't know, it's not your list, she loves Jurassic Park movies just because yeah. of the adrenaline thrill of yeah. of it all. Yeah. So. I just like dinosaurs. Oh, well, nice. All right, last one. This might be the same answer to some of the others. MCU, the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, I'd say in the past... So Judah's the youngest six, so five, six. We started wa- watching some with all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it just depends what movie. I mean, we let them watch 
trying to think what we let them watch. Uh, we we let them watch some of the Marvel movies, but like um, there was a lot of violence and and guns and stuff in um, uh, the first Black Panther. So I don't yeah. think they were ready for that for a while. And my friend actually um, would let his kids watch them, and then they like just keep the remote and fast forward through some of the stuff and yeah, watch the cool Marvel fight scenes, but. Yeah, I think some of them, especially like some Thor, of the, Love yeah, and some Thunder, of the newer like ones, Doctor Strange, yeah, the like, new one, were like very dark. Yeah, Doctor Strange was very de- demonic theme. Thor <laughs> had nudity in it, like the newest oh, yeah, Thor. Right. Showed his butt, didn't it? Yeah. So there's a lot of the newer ones. I wouldn't let the kids watch. Yeah, for quite some time. All right, that's it. Did I miss anything? No, no. Probably got me <laughs> trimmers. Harry Potter canceled, <laughs> but um. what's a movie uh trying to think of a movie i let them watch i remember my parents let me watch braveheart pretty young Mm -hmm. um which shows that i'm young (laughs) my brother told me that dad let him watch one of the alien movies in theaters with him yeah when he was like really young My, my brother's 30 now but like yeah, like know. young, young. <laughs> you gotta balance that between you and the Lord and mm. your own kids, and for sure, yeah. there it is. All right, pray, Matthew. Let's all right. Done. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for allowing us to be here and just record this podcast and just go further in depth of the message on and giving us worship. You just pray that you all speak through us and allow us to budget and also um, just try and keep our finances in order so that we can give generously and so that we can. Just store up treasures in heaven and just put you first, Lord. And pray that you use us and guide us throughout this week. Um, Be with Jason as he gives the message on Sunday. I pray for this in your name. Amen. Amen.